Hi, and welcome to the Ola Mamas Club, your place for everything pregnancy, birthing, and babies. I'm Tibby Goodman, midwife, doula, mama, safta, and founder of the Ola Mamas Club. Hi, everybody. Today, I'm joined by Susie Benzikin. Susie lives in Kosovyako. She made Aliyah just over 15 years ago. She's the mommy of eight and Safta of three so far, Baruch Hashem. She's a senior reflexologist, also known as a reflexologist, reflexolog, probably, right, Susie, that's in Hebrew? Reflexologit Bachir. Reflexologit Bachir. In her reflexology practice, she treats many pregnant women and those who hope to get pregnant, and also postnatal. As she grows her business to include doula and childbirth education, she sees herself specializing in the area of reproductive reflexology. In her personal life, she spent many years struggling to become pregnant and to stay pregnant. So she's especially drawn to this specialty. Hi, Susie. Thank, for, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Susie. So if you can tell us, before we get started with reflexology, I'd love to hear a little bit about what, how, what drew you to get started in reflexology. How did you end up doing this? Um, it's taken years. It's really interesting. Um, when I was a teenager in the States, we had visitors from Israel, and uh, the girl mentioned that her mother was a reflexologist. At that time, I had no idea what that was but I just kind of filed it away in my brain. Um, I've always had the belief that Hashem gave us in this world uh, ways of healing ourselves. And some, one day, I, I, I just don't even know, it was just kind of floating around in my brain for a long time. One day I did a search online to see if it was even a possibility to learn in English. Um, although I'd been here for many years, I still felt that my mother tongue being English it would be easier for me to study in English. And I, I found the school where I ended up learning. And uh, I don't regret a minute of it because once I started, I knew that it was, it was the right match, it was the right shidduch, it was the right direction for me, something I was searching for. Well, how long does it take to learn to be a reflexologist or reflexologist bakhir as you are? Uh, well, you can practice reflexology after a year of study. You certified after one year. Um, I did a full two-year course, and we also have stage connected with each year. Each year, you have to do 14 hours of stage. Oh, wow. Wow, it's really, really interesting. So can you tell us what reflexology is? I have had reflexology treatments, and I loved it. But I'm not sure that everybody knows, and I bet even with the few treatments I have, I bet there's a whole world of reflexology that I don't know anything about. So I'd love to hear about that. Um, reflexology is a complementary medicine uh, where we manipulate different points on people's feet. It's like a really, it feels like at the least it's a really good foot massage. Um, generally I work 40 to 50 minutes on a client, children shorter amounts of time, but we learned certain mapping on the bottom of the feet that allows us to uh, create pathways and energy healing in those areas of the body. And um, often when people are experiencing some type of illness, it's because there's something stuck and there's not enough balance in certain areas. So we create that balance. Our, our whole uh, 
the whole thought behind it is creating a homeostasis, which is balance within your system. Once, if one part of your, uh, if one system is off, generally another system in your body needs to work too hard in order to compensate for that and keep us healthy. So we try to keep everybody healthy by keeping those areas balanced. Well, so I know acupuncture also works with right the flow of the body. So you're saying that the same way that our whole body has a map, just the bottom of our feet has a map, and by massaging it, you can help things to move along? Correct, correct. Um, in Chinese medicine, they also work along with meridians, which there is some elements of that in reflexology, but um, not as much as acupuncture. Basically, in reflexology, we are creating this balance of energy throughout the body so that we have good flow, good circulation. And we do concentrate on certain areas like, um, for instance, shiatsu is uh, energy points similar to acupuncture, but they're really more uh, acupressure points. And we use some elements of that as well in reflexology. On the bottom of the foot or you're touching different parts of the body? Um, generally the bottom of the foot. And we do have learned points that are a little bit further up on the leg. And there are some pressure points that we use on the hands. Oh, interesting. Now, is it, is it painful at all? Like, like for example, I'm comparing the acupuncture where there is sometimes a little bit of pain. Is there pain with reflexology? Um, I've had some clients experience discomfort in certain areas as I'm pressing on them. For me, the feedback that I get when that happens is that's generally a place where I need to work more. Uh, in reflexology, it does not matter how soft or, or uh, how gentle or how hard we do work on a specific area. It's because it's energy healing. Um, I could really just work very gently if somebody has a sensitive area, but that the pain sometimes gives me an indication that there is something there that I need to be working on. So you're massaging the bottom of the foot and a part might be tender and you'd more delicately just gently work over that spot so it wouldn't hurt, but you're working through this spot that you're saying is, is stuck, the energy stuck there. Exactly, exactly. Wow, very interesting. Okay, so, oh, I also wanted to know, so acupuncture is Chinese medicine. Where does reflexology come from? It's a little bit of a mixture. There is some Indian uh, medicine, some Chinese medicine. I made very sure to be learning in a religious environment, in an orthodox environment, so that um, we really are drawing on a lot of, uh, it draws on a lot of spiritual side of, of healing. So for me, I, I really look at this and say this is really more of how maybe, you know, in ancient times, the Jews would heal themselves through, through elements like this. Um, not that that's where the Makor necessarily is as far as teaching this, but for me, I like to associate it with, um, you know, pre-antibiotic time, pre, you know, uh, pre-medicine and, you know, quick fix type of time. There was that element of um, this knowledge a lot of it did, did uh, begin, the formal uh, practice of reflexology really did begin in Europe. Really? So, yeah. 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 I have two thoughts on that. One is that before we became so modern, people were walking 
on leather or they were walking without shoes or thin soles. So maybe their feet were getting massaged in more naturally, right? Well, there are certain tipolim, there are certain exercises that we do give people um, as far as healing them that we will tell them, work, walk on dirt, walk on sand. Uh, there are people that be more grounded in what we call their earth elements. And those people, we would definitely tell them to walk barefoot as much as possible and to help give them that balance in that way. So you're correct. I've done that. I've done grounding, right? Where you take off your shoes and you just walk on the earth and you connect your energy. Is that connected yes. to reflexology? I didn't know that. Yes. I mean, it's connected to a lot of Chinese medicine because we, in addition to the actual physical symptoms and the systems that we work with along with the body, there is a spiritual side to it. And the spiritual side being according to elements and which elements are more dominant in our body. Like there's earth, there's water, there's fire, and there's air. And how each of us... Uh, work through those elements and use those elements in our daily life. So we try to give people an under, a better understanding of themselves. There's no right or wrong way how to deal with it. It's more about just having that knowledge that, gee, I'm more of a fire person and I need to try to balance that out a little bit with my earth element. And we just give them tips on how to do that. And just, a deep understanding of ourselves is what really heals us. Yeah, wow. So the other thing, ah, the other thing I was thinking of when you mentioned about the Chinese medicine and Torah and everything. So years ago, when I was in midwifery school, we also had a, a time where we learned a little bit about shiatsu, as you're saying, a little bit about different things. They brought in practitioners, and we'd have one intense day during the semester where we learned about just a whole bunch of different complementary medicines. Um, and thoughts of, of healing. So the lady who came in and taught us about Chinese medicine was not Jewish. This was not a, a Jewish school. This is in Florida. And um, she says, she says, you know, there's the Bible. Everyone's heard of the Bible. And there's Abraham. And it says that Abraham had sons and he sent them to the east with presents. This lady was like totally not Jewish. She's telling us. Mm -hmm. And that their masora from the Chinese medicine, and she had actually like learned in China. She was really a big person in this. That their masora is that the Chinese medicine is the gifts that Abraham gave to his further sons before he sent them off. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm the Goyesha lady. <laughs> I, I definitely believe that. Um, there are just these gifts that Hashem gave us in, these wor in this world. And as we became further and further away from having that, you know, deep connection of what we need and who we are, and, you know, when society has now kind of uh, shifted our thinking, uh, we've lost a lot of these gifts, and we've lost a lot of the understanding and knowledge and, and even the, the self-knowledge that helps us figure out what do I really need, what am I really feeling, how can I help myself? And uh, reflexology, and for me, the learning of the reflexology has gotten me much better in touch with those kind of, more sensitive to it and more in touch with it. And my husband is, my husband's family's Moroccan. Uh, and he remembers that he had an awful headache and his grandmother just yanked on his ear and she knew where to press and knew where to touch and his headache went away. So these are things, these are things that have been in, in uh, you know, our culture many, many, many years ago of what to do and how to do it. And I think over the years they've been lost because we're a quick fix kind of society. Um, that's another aspect of reflexology. 
you may feel really good when you leave, or you may feel a little bit, your symptoms may be a little bit worse when you leave a session um, because you need to give it time to work. You know, one session will feel good. It's, it's like one of the best foot massages you will ever get. Um, but as far as healing specific issues, um, usually takes more than one session. And in our society, we're, we're very quick fix. We want something that, that will give us that quick fix. Uh, let me take a pill. Let me be on antibiotic for a week, whatever it is. When you go to a reflexologist, I think the understanding has to be that this is a talikh, this is a, this is a process. And, um, and it's a process also of, of, you know, the practitioner giving and, and, and getting the feedback from you of what felt good afterwards, how you felt a day or two later, and then kind of adjusting the treatment that way. Wow. That is very interesting. Because I did that. I only went for one treatment I went a couple times, but years in between. Mm-hmm. And I either thought to myself, oh, this person's good, or that person wasn't so good, whether I felt differently. But what you're saying is that it might have had to do with the reason that I was going for nothing to do with the practitioner themselves. Right. A lot will depend whether it is an acute problem or, you know, acute meaning that it's a quick onset, you're, you're feeling stuffy, you have a backache or whatever, you know, something that's more acute, you know, quick onset for the moment or something that you've been, you know, struggling with for a long time, something more chronic. If you have chronic back pain, you know, you will need, you know, several more sessions. If it's sometimes, if it's something acute, like uh, I have a head cold this week, and it may help you even within the first session. Uh, It'll help clear the sinuses, it'll help your respiratory, it'll help your breathing. But if you're dealing with something that's chronic, it does take time to work on. Um, I've dealt with people who, uh, you know, were struggling with infertility, and it, ta- it could take several months. Often by the time somebody is seeking treatment because they want to get pregnant, their anxiety level is also elevated, and they, they want to be pregnant that next month. Sure. So you have to know if this is something you're going to do, it will be more natural. It will your, be your body's way of healing and your body's way of taking care of an issue, but it takes time. It's not, it's not a quick fix. It reminds me, I guess, sort of like packing a bag. So you put in the problem and then you have all the layers of time and other things over it and stress. So it sounds like you have to kind of unpack the bag layer by layer. Um, Yes, and also because our bodies, you know, are used to working a certain way. If something's not balanced, it's not like, you know, sometimes you'll go to a chiropractor and do a quick click here and click there and, oh, wow, my back feels much better. That doesn't mean that in two or three days later, your back is going to now go back into the same position it was prior to that adjustment. It just means right now you got the relief you needed. Um, So although I do have clients who will tell me that they feel better the next day, sometimes I'll even hear, wow, I felt so tired. I have one client who um, she, again, she'll she'll come and then she'll wait, wait another month or two and then call me again and she doesn't come on a regular basis. And she said to me once, you know, I was nervous to come because every time I come, I feel like I have like a runny nose the next day and, and uh, you know, my eyes are watery. And I explained to her, and if you came week after week, then, you're, then I'd have a chance to really work on those symptoms or what's bringing that on. 
her release and her runny nose and her drippy eyes and her kind of feeling a little bit stomach upset or nausea after a treatment is really a good sign, but you don't realize it until you get to the end. You know, she, at that point, when she was feeling these symptoms, she would stop and then she'd say, okay, fine, I think I need it again and call me a month later. But if she came week after week, we'd have an opportunity to work on what the chronic, what the underlying problem is. That was, and, and the response that her body was given, giving of her feeling a little bit draggy uh, uh, or, or runny nose and things the next day was really a release of a lot of what, is, what she's been holding back. So that was it's, positive, it's a positive response. It's not a negative response. So that was not everyone's going to feel that kind of symptoms, but that was her personal body's way of letting things go, letting things go. Correct. That was her personal experience. Uh, so she kind of let it go and then held it back and let it go. Right. So she wasn't really. Right. It wasn't, ne was never come, she was never taking care of the underlying issue. Mm -hmm. She was really you know, kind of when she would get to a certain point, she would complain of a headache, for instance. I would work on, on her and I realized it was more of a sinus and a respiratory kind of issue. So then the next day when she'd have a runny nose to me, I'm like, great, this is a great sign because it shows that there's some movement as opposed to everything, as opposed to everything being stuffed in her head. Where her sinuses were flowing. It is like, oh, but now I'm sick again, you know? <laughs> but she didn't realize that that sickness was there. It was just held in her head and it needed a place to release. So I allowed the opening for it to release, which is a positive sign rather than a negative. Oh, wow. So now I want to go over little tips, just a little bit, because obviously we don't have time to grab everyone's feet and get it through the internet and give them all uh, massages on their feet. So we're going to talk about how can we help women who either want to get pregnant who are pregnant, maybe there's something to do while you're giving birth or postpartum, those four areas. Um, what could someone learn from reflexology that maybe they can do at home a little bit if then, and then what's the benefit of coming in for a treatment? How can that be helped? Um, okay, first, first off, if you are pregnant or suspect you're pregnant, you really need to go to an experienced and qualified practitioner um, because there are certain areas, especially in the beginning of pregnancy, that are more sensitive. I personally do not feel that a reflexologist can do any harm, um, except that there are certain areas that in the beginning of the pregnancy, their whole reproductive area, that are more sensitive. You need to be aware and careful and know what you're doing. So that's a disclaimer um, as far as you know, making sure that you're going to somebody qualified and has experience. And then also um, saying to them, I think I might be pregnant so that they know. Correct. Correct. Anything that you say, you have to have a reflexologist also that you feel um, comfortable with. You know, not every shidduch is the right shidduch. It has to be the right person. It has to be the right shaliach for you. It has to be somebody that you feel is going to hold your confidences because um, I just had an experience yesterday. Um, I was actually tagging along with a friend of mine. She wanted some advice. She was doing a, some reflexology and the woman just started opening up and opening up and opening up from an emotional standpoint. And you have to be able to listen and it needs to be a safe place for that person to be able to share some of their feelings. When we're working on your physical, your physical and your spiritual have a very, very close connection. 
closer than most people like to admit. And we're working on somebody's physical pain, but we also take into consideration that a lot of physical pain is connected to emotional distress. And often when we're working those areas, people feel a need to talk. Okay, so when I'm looking for a practitioner, I want to find someone that I do feel comfortable with opening up in case I'm feeling emotional, you're saying, during the treatment. I want to, I, I, I as, a, as a client want to have a safe, safe space, right? I one, of the, one of the treatments that I mentioned that I went through over the years was with this woman who, who I did not feel safe with at all. Um, she was just someone through the Kupat Cholim, through the health insurance, and I went for it, and I felt it did nothing, so maybe that's the reason, because I wasn't, I wasn't letting anything flow with her at all. Right, so there needs to be a mutual kind of respect. The practitioner needs to create a, a space that the client feels comfortable, and there needs to be a connection. There needs to be a connection, because we're dealing with energy and you need to be able to feel vulnerable if you if you feel like being vulnerable you need to be able to share personal information uh, with, uh about things that you normally wouldn't share with other people you might only share with your doctor you know um so yeah so it needs to you need to have that right shidduch of a practitioner and client okay so now we're going to start from stage one let's say somebody is trying to get pregnant Right. Two questions. One, how can reflexology help them if they're coming in for treatment? And two, is there anything that they can do at home by themselves that could also possibly help them? Okay, so um, prior to getting pregnant, we want to make sure that we're, our bodies are balanced in general. Even just somebody who is not struggling with fertility issues, but even somebody just looking, you know, I'm, I'm in a fertile stage. I want to be able to have the best possible outcome. We help them in general, general health, feeling balanced, feeling relaxed, less anxiety, etc. Beyond that, reflexology is very effective when dealing with hormones and hormonal imbalances and things of that nature. So, um, you know, anyone who's having issues like that, it is helpful. In addition to being a reflexologist, I'm also an aromatherapist. So, based on what my client needs, I will. I will uh, mix a, an oil that is conducive to what stage they're in or what they're looking for. So there are certain essential oils that are known to be very beneficial. And we have other tips along the way. Once we do have a client and we're working with them, we can show them certain areas that are, are, uh, would be helpful to do manipulation on a more frequent basis than once a week that they would come in for a treatment. So is there a spot on the foot that someone could massage on their own or should they like go out and walk on rocks or is there anything that someone can do just on their own for even though you've never met them before? There are, but it would be, it would be a little difficult for me to show you here. There are certain areas of the foot, the reproductive areas that I do show my clients what to, uh, what to manipulate in the times that were, you know, the week, during the week that we don't see each other. We usually see each other, I see a client once a week so the days that we don't see each other, I do show them and give them certain tips of things that they can do. It would be a little difficult to show it in this, uh, in this environment, but there definitely are. Um, again, there are people who are being held back from getting pregnant for emotional reasons. 
either they're anxious and that's messing with their cycles or making it difficult. Um, there's one client that I'm dealing with that uh, her relationship with her mother and her, her formative years were very difficult for her. So we work on her stability and on her earth element, which will help her feel more stable and more nurturing. So there are things from the emotional standpoint, there are emotional things from the physical uh, reproductive system that we do work on. So you're saying each person has obviously a different reason of why they're not being, they're not able to get pregnant. So depending on that person, what they need could be completely opposite. Um, it'll probably have a general uh, core similar similarities. We will definitely be working more on the reproductive and will help make sure their immune system's in check and things of that nature. And then there's the emotional side where everyone else has their you know, has their uh, concerns or issues, and we try to work on that as well. Okay. Now, what during pregnancy, the same thing. What can someone benefit from, um, from a treatment, and is there anything that they can do on their own? Again, the same type of thing. Most, the most, uh, usually people in the beginning of pregnancy, there are certain issues that are disturbing or difficult for them. Uh, sometimes people are anxious and aren't able to sleep well. So reflexology will help with that. Uh, I have clients who have uh, difficulty with their sinuses and will get headaches because their sinuses are, you know, engorged and, you know, and enlarged during that time and will have more headaches. Uh, so we definitely work on the, re on the um, respiratory system and on the sinuses and things of that nature. And I have a lot of clients who have gastro issues and are feeling nausea. So again, there, there, there could be a million reasons why somebody's nauseous. Uh, yes, your hormones are kind of out of whack and that's creating havoc for you. But sometimes anxiety and the lack of sleep also lend to that feeling of nausea or upset stomach. There are certain foods they're not eating what they normally eat or smells that bother them. So we have a lot of uh, success working with both hormonal issues uh, respiratory issues, yeah, more than both, but uh, hormonal issues, respiratory issues, gastro issues. We have a lot of successes in those areas, and those are things that do are disruptive to somebody in the beginning of pregnancy. As pregnancy, you know, develops, that all these different things can be helped by a foot massage. That's just amazing. Yeah, but it does. <laughs> it really does. Um, you know, and I always tell people, at the very least. A busy mom or a woman who's had difficulty, you know, finding her right space to relax is resting for a good 40 to 50 minutes while somebody is giving her that touch therapy. Touch therapy is so important and so vital to our lives. And people, people don't understand how important touch actually is and how it can really affect our, our lives. People who are in touch, um, you know, often get illness, you know, get illnesses more often and have difficulty getting past certain uh, emotional issues because it touch, if you, I see that when I'm speaking to one of my children, I put my arm on their, on their shoulder even, uh, you know, or look them straight in the eye and, and put, you know, touch their face for a moment. And it's such a different response than if I were just having a, a conversation, you know, sitting across the table from them. It, it makes a huge difference. I agree. Important to all of us at every stage of life. Right. So what you're saying is, even if you got nothing else, which it won't happen, but even if you got nothing else, a 40-minute, quiet, relaxed foot massage out of your busy day 
is amazing. Wow. Right. And honestly, we hold so much, uh, you know, our feet hold our, hold us up, you know, right. physically and, you know, metaphysically. They hold us up, you know, they, you know, we have all of this stress and pressure. Where does it go? It, it goes down to our feet. And when your feet are not feeling well, you feel your whole body is off. Oh, yeah. So it does give them that, you know, it helps with their circulation in addition. And circulation helps, helps us clean out any, you know, um, infection and things like that in our blood as well. And we help boost the immune system. There are just, uh, there's a million benefits. It's, it's hard to pinpoint, but if we're trying to speak about the, the woman in the beginning, specifically in the beginning of her pregnancy, I really concentrate on respiratory. I pretty much stay away from reproductive at that point. It's a sensitive area for her. I concentrate more on respiratory, the more oxygen in her, her blood, the easier it is for her to breathe, the easier it is for her to sleep, et cetera, and gastro. Um, gastro is very, you know, the, gast the gastric tract is very important in somebody in the beginning of their pregnancy, make sure that they're eating healthy and making sure that they're, that they're, feeling, they're feeling stable in that area. So we try to strengthen those two areas as much as possible. That, that sounds delightful. <laughs> I'm already thinking, when can I schedule an appointment? This sounds so good. So what about late pregnancy? What's the difference? What would you do differently? Okay. So mid-pregnancy, most women are pretty, feeling pretty good. The mid, you know, the, you know, second trimester, women are usually feeling pretty good. Um, again, it does, especially depending on what their family situation is. Uh, you know, if they, if they have a lot going on in their life, they may, may, may need that extra help with relaxation. If they have young children around, we try to keep their immune system healthy so that they're not catching any of the, the colds their kids are bringing home from, from gone, etc. So we're working more on things like that and also circulation. Depending on also some women have difficulty with circulation or, or their veins or things of that nature. So you need to go to somebody who's qualified and understands how to deal with these issues. There are certain areas that are very important for us, um, you know, to be specifically sensitive to in a, in a pregnant woman, especially if we're dealing with varicose veins or, or things of that nature. Um, and in the later pregnancy, and actually throughout, because I try to give a general pool in any case throughout, except for certain areas, um, we work mostly on skeletal, lower back, um, uh, helping, helping them loosen and, and at the same time, strengthen. When I say loosen, I don't mean that you're, that the, the cervical area and everything should be loose. It's more like making sure that it's toned and it's able to, um, they're able to relax in those areas. And also to help with their stress and anxiety coming to the end of the pregnancy can be difficult emotionally for people. Some of their fears of childbirth will start, you know, creeping in. And part of our T-pool is really to help them feel relaxed, confident, it's very important that a, that a woman who's entering the you know, final stages of pregnancy and labor feels confident, feels confident in her own body, that her body's going to be able to do the work that it needs to, um, you know, coming up. So you're saying that not only can you help prepare emotionally for birth, but you can also help to strengthen the uterus and the cervix through the reflexology? Correct. And various things, and all the other millions of things that we talked about. This right. is amazing. Okay, great. Now, um, now then, they, then coming up to the point of you know uh, the end of the, the real end of the pregnancy, their due date and things like that. There are 
certain things that we do to help prepare somebody for that for that time. And that's where more with the reproductive areas come back in as far as uh, you know, helping them prepare those areas, make sure there's enough sufficient blood flow in those areas, et cetera, um, prepare for birth. Wow. And again, I'm going to go back to this. Is there anything, if somebody's not able to get to a practitioner, is there anything that she can do on her own? The answer might be no, but I always like to ask. Look, you know, any, anyone can find anything online nowadays, you know, as far as if somebody wants to go to YouTube and they want to, but it's really hard to work on your own feet. That's, that's, that's number one. I mean, I, I know that if I don't have a reflexology session from a friend, I, it's very difficult for me to just sit there and, and try to work on my feet. We also, the best position for us to work in is when someone is laying down. And I mean, we do uh, adjust, somebody's pregnant, you know, someone has a back issue and we know different positions that are more helpful to work on somebody. So we like to work when somebody is in more of a, uh, a laying down position along their meridians, their body is more relaxed. You know, I know that I've tried to work on myself, you know, sitting up, trying to curl my foot up in order for me to manipulate it is not the best position to be working on somebody. If there were certain even you, who you know where everything is, even you don't give your, yourself treatment. Part of the treatment is the relaxation. The that fact that you're well. Yeah, number one for the, for the flow. And number two, it's just, uh, you know, you want to put your body in the most relaxed state that you can. Mm -hmm. Where sitting up, curling your foot up, trying to manipulate a certain area is not necessarily going to give you that uh, relaxed feeling. I can show. No. Yeah. Not quite relaxed. Okay. Can I show a, Can I show a husband and a wife team? You know what? Her back is bothering her. Here's an area to work on. I I certainly can. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. It, and, and people do do it at home. It's not that they, you, know, you don't do it at home. It's not like uh, it, nothing will happen. You're not going to harm yourself. But oh, if you're dangerous, if I Google search and I go to YouTube and I, you know, get my husband or get my feet into a funny position, nothing, nothing bad will happen. At the worst, it just won't be effective. Correct. Correct. It is more effective in a, in a, in a more, um, a certain relaxed environment and, and rubbing your own feet is not necessarily... I know if there's certain, you know, if I have a, a head cold or whatever, there are certain areas I'll manipulate myself. Do I get the same results as going to a practitioner and then working on me and me just being able to relax? Absolutely not. Got it. Okay, now during childbirth itself. Yes. Can reflexology do anything during childbirth? Yes, except for the fact that there are not that many women let's say during a contraction that are happy to be laying there with her foot being rubbed. It's not going to be that it, it's, it doesn't have the same effect during early stage stages of labor. Not a problem. You know, a woman feels a little uncomfortable. You stop for a few moments. There are certain areas that we can manipulate that actually help encourage uh, contractions. So I've, I've had clients at their end stages of pregnancy that were, you know, within 24 hours of, of, you know, their due date. There are certain areas I'd work on as I'm working on them. Oh, I have another contraction, I feel it. As I'm pressing certain areas, the contractions will continue. And we want to encourage, we want to encourage good long contractions during that period. 
Um, so yeah, so that's like, yeah, you know, the first, first stage of labor, no problem. And it is very helpful and very, you know, really, really helps the client, both in the relaxation and the fact that they, they have that touch going on, etc. cetera. Um, active labor, not that much. Um, also childbirth itself, like going into labor, sometimes we have emotional blockages, right? So just getting all that out, maybe having a good cry if you need to or something, that alone can make everything flow, right? Right, look, I've had clients that have come to me for a session at the end of their pregnancy and delivered within a few hours of leaving my home. That's where I, was, I did the, the treatment. Within a few hours of leaving my home, went into labor, had a baby. Wow. I have another client that literally, I worked on her every week, the last few weeks of her pregnancy, every week, three, four times, and she still didn't go into labor. And she told me afterwards that it was right before Pesach, and she was nervous who was gonna take care of her children. So from the emotional standpoint, she was blocking herself from really going into labor at that point. I could have worked on her feet forever, but really the emotions were kind of holding her back. And, and it was almost, uh, it, was, it was more than self, uh, subconscious. She, she consciously knew that she was kind of working against the treatment instead of kind of just relaxing and letting things happen. I don't believe reflexologists put people into labor. I know there are certain reflexologists that will claim Oh, I'll come over and I'll help induce you. I, I don't believe in that. I believe that a baby's going to come when the baby's going to come. I do believe, though, that, like you said, um, emotionally, many women hold themselves back or have some anxieties uh, that prevent them from naturally going into labor. Um, even just the pain, you know, you feel a contraction. Our, our first instinct is to you know, to tighten up, you know, to, to fight that pain. And um, with reflexology, what we do is we allow you to relax and we allow you to have the peace of mind and help your body work the way it knows how. You know, we know how to have babies. Our bodies know what to do. It's just a matter of uh, the reflexology at the end of pregnancy, in my opinion, relaxes us helps our body get into the right place so that we can deliver in the right time. Hashem decides when the baby's born, not us. So if someone's overdue, like I was two weeks early with one of my babies, but I was almost two weeks late with one of my babies. And I was getting to a point where I was potentially facing having an induction if I didn't go into labor soon enough. So at that point, it certainly sounds like it's definitely worth trying reflexology. I, I would definitely try it. And I think at the end of pregnancy, especially when women are having difficulty getting comfortable and, and relaxing and things like that, it's a very healthy way to kind of segue into that uh, labor mode from pregnancy mode to lab, labor mode. In the same token, uh, I don't like the claims that some reflexologists make that, oh, come to me, I'll, I'll press a few points and you're going to go into labor because it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. it, I really feel that the client has to partner with us, has to be ready at, at the right time. And we can help with a lot of the anxiety and the, the stress and the pain that prevent women from just kind of letting their bodies do what it needs to do. So it helps, but I, I don't like the claims that I'll induce you. Because if the baby's not ready, the baby's not going to come, no matter how many times you go to the reflexologist. 
right? And postpartum. Yes. What do you do postpartum? Um, postpartum, again, there are certain areas that would be obviously very sensitive to a woman. Um, women have a lot of anxiety and stress postpartum as far as, you know, feeling confident in being a good mother. We can help with milk production, with relaxation. A, a relaxed, happy mother is going to nurse better, is going to care for herself better, is going to be able to get back to herself easier. Um, we definitely help with circulation, keeping her immune system boosted and um, back issues. Any, you know, really, really anything that can come up postpartum, I believe that we can help with. We can help the body heal quicker. Amazing. Do you do reflexology on newborn babies? It can be done on newborn babies. Um, it's not a problem to do it. I've, I personally have not done newborns, but I've done uh, infants. I've worked with infants. Uh, I look forward to working on newborns too, but at this point I've really just worked um, with infants. You only work for a few moments. Uh, what I like about working with young children is we could just show the mom. There's really only certain areas I would work on in a child. Basically, we want to make sure that their ears, <laughs> kids, kids are constantly getting ear infections. Um, so that's a popular one. We have sometimes newborns are born with um, clogged uh, tear ducts. Mm -hmm. So there are certain uh, reflexology points that can help with that. Um, especially babies that if they're laying down nursing often they will get fluid in their ears so we can help with that and uh, gastro that's really the only thing I would work on with babies maybe boosting their immune system keeping them at general health but you're not talking about skeletal issues you're not talking about reproductive issues you're not talking about heart and circulation issues that much unless there's a specific this like if you're waiting for the Brit Mila and the baby right. yellow, can reflexology help with that? There are definitely there are points with the liver. It depends why the jaundice. So that's the jaundice. like getting the flow of the bilirubin and food to leave right. the body. That's a flow yes. thing. Right. And also if we work on the gastro, because the baby has to really, you know, kind of metabolize everything and get it out of their body. So mm -hmm. gastro, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> New marketing, new marketing direction. For me. No, it's interesting because as a mom, you feel so helpless. I mean, they tell you to nurse as much as you can, and you just, you know, you're just giving birth yourself, and here you are trying desperately to to give this baby everything they can get, and this is another, you know, tool to have. To say, hey, I can bring the baby to a reflexologist, and maybe with the newborn, with a newborn or young child. What's the easiest for me would be to show the mom certain points to work on while she's nursing the baby, while you're bathing the baby, just to kind of manipulate those points. Those are tools that we can give a new mom. Um, Wonderful. She so has you, don't have to go back. you don't have to go back for many treatments. You could come in once if you have a, you know, that, that same baby that I had that was born 11 days overdue, he was yellow and I had to slept. In, I was living in Yishuv and Yerushalayim and go to the special rabbi to look at him. And, and I would have loved to know. I actually know someone that was living in the area that's a reflexologist, but I didn't, I didn't know she could do any of these things. While I was there, I could have taken him for a treatment. And then if she could have taught me what to do and could to continue doing that at home without having to leave my bed again, that would be amazing. Right. So in general, when working with small children, 
and they feel most comfortable sitting their mom's lap or work it that way. But I generally with working because a, a child's really can only handle maybe about 10 or 15 minutes, depending on their age. You can build upon it as they get used to the touch and the feel, etc. But especially for little babies, I really just kind of teach the moms what to do. In fact, I went um, like the, the local clinic near us had um, a new mom's uh, class, um, like a massage, a new mom's massage class. And I came and I showed them certain things in reflexology that they can do with it, where the stomach is, especially for colicky babies. Um, and um, it was very helpful. It really was very helpful. And then these women had the tools that they can work, they, when they're at home in a quiet place with their baby, you know, often you bring a newborn baby in, the first thing they do is cry or want a nurse. Um, so the best thing to do is for a mom to have these tools herself to be able to work with the baby. Yeah, that's amazing. Maybe we'll be able to do a Gula Mama's new baby <laughs> reflexology class one day. That would be so good. Okay, great. So Susie, you work at a Kochaviako and you work, do people, you, you also, you go to the house usually or you have a clinic? So far in Yerushalayim, I've been going to people's houses. I'm working on getting a clinic together here. Amazing. And um, you're going to give me the information of how people can get in touch with you, and I'll put that in the show notes. Okay? Excellent. And before we finish up, I have a question for you. Okay? So, my favorite question. I want you, Susie, to close your eyes and breathe deeply. And imagine that you are standing, I think I'll just go with this metaphor I keep using, standing at Harsinai, and you're addressing all the women on like the side of the women's side of Harsinai. So you have all the women of Am Yisrael are spread out in front of you. And you have one thing that you can tell them right now to all the women of Am Yisrael from Susie Benzikan, what would that be? I think listen to your inner voice. Listen to your inner voice. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. We're going to have to make a Susie Benzikan magnet. Listen to your inner voice because we have some other fantastic magnets here from, let's see. All right. So we've got, I'm, I'm very into my magnets here. They make me happy. Okay. So we have a Gula Mama's magnet. It says, Watch me bring the geula. And last time I mentioned that it, it kind of has two reasons. One is people always say, oh, what you're doing, you think it's such a big deal. But really it is. If, if, if I'm washing my dishes or I'm going to my, parent, my, my children's parent-teacher conference, that's, that's my mitzvah in the moment. And that brings the geula. And... Just by connecting, you know how they say that if you walk in Eretz Yisrael, every whatever it is, I don't remember how many steps is a mitzvah, but only from what I've heard, only when you're thinking about it is a mitzvah. When someone's just walking around or we're just doing, doing the things we're doing, we're not always plugging in. So this magnet here is just to help you plug in and say, hey, the thing I'm already doing, that is my mitzvah. That is how I'm bringing the geula. That is a very, very big deal. So this is the magnet. And this magnet is going out to Milka Grossman. Wait a minute. 
กับในพร้อมของเนี่ยเย้เจ้าค่ะอาหารเป็นอะไรต้องมาเนี่ย Okay, this is from our guest. Remember, Yelit Shwell, everybody. So her special thing to say was that you are so special, you should be heard. That is a magnet now because that is worth remembering. And let's see who's getting that magnet. Let's see. One minute. Where did I? I think I lost our previous winner. It's good that I have it recorded because I've lost her. It's okay, I'll find you. Don't worry. All right. This one is going to Feige Ecklinger. Yay, Feige! Oh, there it was. It was in my pom pom. Okay, great. And I have one more. Last week we heard from maybe it was two weeks ago. Tamara May. Tamara May said that she said whatever you do, you should kegel. That is what every woman in Amisrael should be doing. They should be kegeling. This is your reminder. And this is going to Rifka's Lakin. Yay, Rifka! Well done. Now, <laughs> every Geula Mama who contacts Susie Benzikan will receive. What will they receive, Susie? Um, fifty shekel off your first session. Fifty shekels off your first session just for mentioning Geula Mamas. Yay! All right, we are excited. We have learned a lot today. And we've given away gifts, which always makes me very happy. Um, I guess that's it for today. That's a wrap. Please remember that I love you. Susie loves you. We all love you. We're here to help you. Mwah. Have a good day and be well. Goodbye. Everyone. Goodbye.